the NBA, like any large operation, gets a lot of things right, gets a lot of things wrong. But to me, there's no single bigger concentration of things the NBA gets wrong that are also easily fixable than around the All-Star game, All-Star weekend, everything that entails. So today we're going to fix All-Star. I'm really glad to be joined by Michael Lee of the Washington Post. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, let's just jump into it. What is your top idea for how to fix All-Star? You know, I'm older. <laughs> I, I say I'm old school. There you uh, go. My top suggestion, and I know that it will never happen uh, because the NBA has, you know, done so much tinkering that uh, this won't this won't ever happen again. But honestly, I just want to go back to 2001. I want to go back to uh, East versus West. Mm. I want to go back to having um, something that fans can actually relate to. Um, you know, and I, I mean casual fans. I think that when you have Team Durant versus Team LeBron or Team Curry versus Team LeBron or Team Giannis versus LeBron or whatever, you sort of narrow the reach of the fans because you place the All-Stars under the name of a certain player who most people are familiar with, yes, because these are international superstars. But also people are understanding the concept of East versus West. And I think that when you have the conference rivalry, you know, kind of going at it the same way like baseball has done it in the past and just, just all-star the whole East, the whole conference thing. I think you strengthen the, the, what the differences are within these conferences and these, in these things. And you sort of diminish, you know, the value of them by limiting your all-star game to whoever gets the most votes, which I don't think is a fair way to separate these teams. I don't, I never really liked that concept and I know it makes for good TV, especially this year uh, when we had the, uh, the draft on the same night that James Harden got traded. And that, that was an excellent television moment. So I'm not complaining about that, but I do like just competition and just pride and guys who just really want to prove that I'm the man and you need to recognize it. And I go back to that 2001 all-star game, uh, because I obviously was when Allen Iverson, you know, was, was the MVP of the game. And he was wound up being MVP of the league that year. And he and Stephon Marbury just staged that great, excellent comeback. He had Kobe Bryant on the other side who just didn't want to give it, give up the, uh, the game. And you just had these up and coming stars who were just like basically saying the league is ours and we're taking it. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to get that feeling back. Um, because over time, over the last 20 years, uh, the game has just kind of gotten sloppy and players have sort of taken on being named an all-star as a burden where they rather have that time to their families and their friends than to actually uh, entertain any, any further. Um, but my first suggestion, which I know isn't going to get go very far, is just go back to East-West. Just go back to having guys, you know, battling for their conference where you, where you automatically have something to prove like if, if you're an eastern conference team and for years the western conference has been you know dominating championships or whatever and winning winning the the larry o'brien trophy and you want to say hey we're here what better way to do that than represent your conference in the all-star game and just saying okay we we, we we got some talent on this side but if you're going into a game saying yo team durant man we got it like who cares about Team Durant? Like you know, it, there's no, there's nothing that bonds these players uh, or connects them. You know, when, when they're when they're in this new All Star setting, 
So my first suggestion is just to go back to the way it was. And I know that sounds very uh, crotchety and, you know, <laughs> get off my lawn-ish. But uh, that, 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 that to me, I felt was an unnecessary change. So I'll, I'll let you go from there. So I, initially, I did not like the idea of this draft. I was with you. I liked East versus West. And for the game itself, I still like East versus West also. But I've enjoyed the draft. I found the draft entertaining. I'm not sure how much yeah. the, the draft has to do Great with TV. getting Yeah. And so I, I care more about that additional TV event that's enjoyable than the East versus West game itself. Uh, okay. So I, I'm willing to do that trade-off. But I hear where you're, you're coming from. Um, so, I yeah, I just... I like that. I'll tell you one way I do want to go back to 2001. I loved it when players wore their own team's jerseys. When yeah. it wasn't these, these are terrible all-star jerseys in so many years. Occasionally there's a good one, but usually not. And it looks so cool when you have one team wearing their home jerseys, the other team wearing uh, their road jerseys. And yeah, home road, we've lost that distinction, right? If we're, we're going to sound crotchety. Uh, can we also go back in the regular season to where you wear white at home, except for like once in a blue moon special occasion, and you wear a color on the road and split up all-star like that within the teams. But here's my twist. I'm trying to go a little bit more toward realism of something the NBA might do because yeah. they don't do that because they want to sell all-star jerseys. So Absolutely. here's my twi- here's my twist. For all-star players, a custom jersey where it's, it's like their home – uh, their main team's jersey, but there's like some star piping, some subtle differences to make it an all-star jersey, and that'd be special. I think that'd be cool, but the over, overall aesthetic when you're watching the game will still look like guys are wearing uh, their own team's jerseys. Well, I, I, I can kind of feel you on that, but I also think that um, you know how this year, uh, with for the 75th, 75th anniversary, Nike sort of did these jerseys where they just did a sort of composite of like you know the the different eras of a franchise like you know like the Miami Heat did this kind of crazy ransom note jersey mm-hmm. thing where they just sort of put all the eras of the Heat you know the the Wizards did something where they you know combined different uh, eras the Nuggets did the same and so you had a lot of kind of uh, like a convergence of that and I feel like if the game is going to be in Cleveland then make the All Star jersey sort of embody something that's sort of like Cleveland, you know, uh, you know, maybe combine, you know, the jerseys of the 1997, um, you know, Cavs, which I thought were trash, but for the, for the, they're they're much better than whatever we have right now. (laughs) But if you use a concept of saying, okay, we're going to use that Cavs design of, you know, for all-star from 1997, and then, you know, have, say, now you got Team Durant, say, have Team Durant or Team LeBron, since he played in Cleveland, Team LeBron's team will play in, say, an homage to the um, 1997 Cavs, you know, just something like that. And then you have, you know, Team Durant will be an homage to another, like, Cavs jersey from another era. And so I think that, you know, if you just sort of, combine design ideas and, and, and do something like that, but actually have it connect with the city in some way, I think that's the way to go about doing these all-star jerseys. Because every year you're in a different place and you have an opportunity to be creative with it. But if you just have some generic, you know, bland, you know, red jersey with all-star on it, you don't, it doesn't really dis- make it distinctive. You know, the 90s were very experimental. And I always go back to like when San Antonio had it, uh, and you had those crazy, the fiesta. 
Yeah, the Fiesta one, and then you had the one in Phoenix with the crazy like pepper or whatever you had. Or I don't know if that maybe it was I'm even combining ones, but it, it you knew exactly where the game was played just because you saw the uniform, you know. And I think that's that's what the league needs to go for, Nike needs to go for, and just sort of reconnect with the home base because we know years in advance where these games are going to be. It's not like 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 last year where they kind of threw an All Star game together and. and um, in, in, in Atlanta, I mean, we know years ahead, down the road where these games are going to be. So just start, you know, have Nike say, okay, we are going to, you know, pay homage to, um, you know, I don't know, Milwaukee, you know, <laughs> and just, and just, and you'll have, have a, have a green and purple, you know, uniform and a green and red or, or, or green or the current colors and just or green and blue and just do that. And, and you, and you sort of, you know, make something that connects with the community, you know, to where, you know, yeah, it's All-Star Weekend, but this is the time for us to recognize the greatness of the whole city. And I think you can do that with the uniforms, too. So I'm with you on that. Switch up from these these awful generic uniforms. But I think it's easy to do that if you know it's going to be East-West. It's impossible to do that when, you know, when you got Team Durant or Team, team LeBron and you don't know who's going to be the All-Star winner. If you go to East West, you eliminate that, and you, and you already have. You, you can come up with some pretty cool designs with a lot of advanced prep work. The, the irony was they do this some years, and, and you've talked to me that this is my second choice where you're kind of honoring the host city. I'd still rather it be the team jerseys, a stylized all-star stylized yeah. version of the team jerseys. But you got me on the on the second choice. The irony was last year they did it for Indianapolis. Those were kind of like some racing yeah. elements, they, they totally, and, totally and it was blue and yellow. And then it was like, oh, wait, we're not going to have the game. <laughs> right. So let's just throw these uniforms together <laughs> to have nothing to do with Atlanta, right? Right. And so, um, yeah, yeah, you could do that every year. That would be uh, that would be good. Uh, I don't know if you have any ideas for the All-Star draft itself, if you're just so against it. If your just ideas eliminate it, that's cool. I get it. I do have one idea for the All-Star draft to make it better. We saw last year Kevin Durant as a captain was hurt. And it really kind of ruined the whole All-Star game because he's starting off picking a disadvantage. Team LeBron has LeBron and the first pick. Team Durant is, just ends up with the last two starters, and Durant drafted poorly last year. I think he drafted a little better this year, so maybe the All-Star game will still be good. But his team is at such a disadvantage with him not playing uh, that the draft just kind of breaks the whole system. So here's my idea, and yeah, the jersey's making it a little complicated, but let's uh, number one, no matter if you're following this idea exactly or not, let's move the draft to a day that isn't the trade deadline. NBA fans what? and are so overwhelmed, and it turned out good this year with the Harden thing, but I think that would have been entertaining the next day. You do the draft on the Friday, you do the draft the next Tuesday, whenever. You do it a few days later. There's still animosity between Durant, Harden. Uh, you still have that dynamic. It was fresh, and that adds something to it. You can't shoot for the once-in-a-blue-moon thing. I just think it's too much on one day. I thought it was perfect this year, and it I, was you know, it was good this year. I I, I just uh, you know like I'm I'm against the draft and the whole the whole team popular vote getter. I I just I, I just I just think that it uh it it sort of eliminates the chance because this is your big showcase. This is your it's your chance to introduce a lot of these players to people who may not watch basketball until now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just an opportunity if you go east west to just say okay, this is how it's set up. You know, you're you have a uh, mid-season or late-season, you know, showcase, um, you know, do it that way. But I, I think the setup on the trade deadline, it couldn't have been per- more perfect than it was today. Yeah, this is not 
this is not the year for me to make the case I know. Because yeah. I think I think almost every year it's just like, oh my goodness, we are still trying to process the trade deadline. We're enjoying following all the, the trades. And now you're throwing this at us too. It's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And and you could spread out the number of days the NBA is the center of attention. Um, but if we, if we are going to keep the draft, my proposal is let uh, players shoot for captains. And the order you do, you can do a free throw, you can do a three-point or whatever you want to do. Uh, but the order they shoot is in the order of voting. So LeBron, because he was the leading overall vote getter, he gets the first crack at the shot. He makes it. He's a captain. Uh, Durant's not playing, so he's not in. I, I don't know who's third. Probably Giannis. Giannis, whoever was third, would get the third shot. And then that's a yeah. yeah, it may be a seven. And so then you get uh, the captains that way, and it's only players who are participating in the game. And then you'd have to have reversible jerseys. And I, I don't know if the practicality of NBA quality reversible jerseys, I, I'm guessing they could do it. I would think they could do it. I'd hope they could do it. Fans could buy the reversible jerseys in advance. Uh, and then afterward, if you want to sell a, a nicer one, once you know what team a guy ended up on, you can make an even nicer design jersey and sell an additional jersey. Mm. Yeah, I didn't convince I, you. I, I think, I think you're, you're, you're putting a lot on the, uh, the people who have to make these jerseys. I think there goes a lot. there's a lot more that goes into the design than, than we even think about. And so that, that would be tough. That would that'd be tough to pull off. Well, they're making like four new jerseys per team per year, so I, I do have a lot of confidence in their ability to to come up with new I mean, stuff. I just mean it with the design. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying they're designing four new ones per year. I mean, every team has new jerseys all the time, and they keep coming up with new That's stuff. True. They do have. They do wear too many jerseys and, these days. <laughs> and remember, in, in my proposal, it's based on the team jersey. So you do this; it's going to you know last over years. When a guy oh, goes back you. to all All Star games, unless their team completely redesigns how they look. You're right, um, and I think I think what you do is you, you just yeah you just you just stick an all star patch on there. And that's pretty that's pretty easy to stitch. So I, I'd go even one step further than an all star patch. Like I said, I, I'd like some type of like all like star piping or just something subtle within the design that says this is a slightly different jersey uh, beyond just a patch. But yeah, a patch would be good too. I wouldn't hate that. Um, all right, so I want to tweak the draft. You want to get rid of the draft? Uh, here's another one I'd like: expand the rosters. It shouldn't just be 12. Active rosters have been 13 for years. Now they're even 15. You go up to 15, I don't, I won't complain. And I don't think this is diluting the honor because it, there have never been more teams in the NBA. There are 30 teams now, and there are just 12 roster spots. There are 12 roster spots when there were way fewer teams in the NBA. So it's gotten out of whack what it means to be an all-star. It's such a higher honor now than it used to be. Uh, if you went to 13 and even 15, it's in line with uh, how players were honored historically. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that I, I don't necessarily want them to make the change because I do think that there is a level of exclusivity in being one of the top twenty-four players. Even it's even more exclusive. Well, not more exclusive, but I mean, if you if you have your All NBA team is fifteen guys, right? And then mm-hmm. you have, uh, you know, but you have but to be among that twenty-four. I think it's it's really special. So I think the more you start expanding it, then you start getting guys on there who who, you know kind of they may be borderline and they may not be as deserving when you get 12 there's nobody who makes it who shouldn't make it you know what i mean like i i know people are down i know people are down on andrew wiggins and say he doesn't deserve <laughs> yep. it, but he does uh, <laughs> well <laughs> he does deserve it he, he got voted in there because the fans wanted to see him he deserves it i mean that, that, that that's the thing about these, these whole all-star games is that people lose sight of of what it is, all NBA is to uh, honor you for you know all all your your successes in the season. Mm-hmm. So all star is like who do the people want to see on the court, and and also in, but you also have the other 
uh, measurements from fans and I mean from uh, from players and from media to balance it all out. But inevitably, you you the fans are the ones that are going to watch the game, and if that's what they want to see, then he's deserving, you know. And and you can knock it and and say, oh, there's no way that people are voting for this guy, but you know he's winning, he's contributing to a winner, and he he's doing what his his responsibilities are. So you can knock it all you want, but um, but I, I, I say he's deserving because he has been essential to a, a winning program uh, that at the time was like, you know, second best record in the NBA. So if, if you are playing on that team and you're contributing and, and, you're, and you and people say that you can't be a contributor to a winning team, you've earned it in my book. Okay, here's my case against the fans wanting Wiggins. If you just look at, like, of course, LeBron and Jokic were locks to get those Western uh, Western front court starter spots. So you got one spot up for grabs. So we just narrow it down to players who got a media vote at that position, which I think is basically any plausible player in the discussion. 70% of the fan votes went to somebody other than Wiggins, right? Just because he got a plurality of the votes, there are way more fans who didn't pick him, who weren't looking forward to seeing him. I don't think he's that caliber of a player. I would have put Anthony Davis in injuries and all, because I agree with you, right? All NBA is about assessing the season you had. All-stars, how good you are. Anthony Davis is better than Andrew Wiggins, and Davis oh. missing that time to start the year isn't enough to dissuade me. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's a lot of great players who don't make it, but if, if you're not on the court, then... <laughs> well, I think Anthony Davis played enough where I'm still... Con- like, let, let me put it this way. This is not the only way to look at it. But, okay, you know the injury Anthony Davis had. Nothing is changing that. If you go back to the beginning of the season and say, for this season, who would you rather have on your team, Anthony Davis or Andrew Wiggins? Who would you pick? Um, no, there's no day I would take Wiggins over Anthony Davis. Right, you take Davis with the injury. You'd say, yeah, I'm willing to miss these several weeks. I'd still rather have Davis than Wiggins. Maybe. Yeah. That's that's my standard. Now, look, if it's close enough where you say, well, look, it, Wiggins isn't quite as good, but with all that time missed, I'd rather have Wiggins. Okay. But nobody's saying that. I, I, I'm going to give Wiggins his props because I, I think that he's had multiple 20-point seasons, and the, the big criticism for him is that he can't win. Now he's scaling back scoring a little bit wise, and he's winning. So I don't I, I don't know what we want guys to do. I don't know what we, we're asking of them. Just be better players than Anthony Davis. That's uh, that's my standard for him. <laughs> that's it. You better than Anthony Davis, you can get in. Well, I, I'll just say this. He he has his his totals and points and rebounds exceed Anthony Davis this year. So, (laughs) 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 I mean, and I've seen I've seen situations, you know, where like uh, one of the greatest All Star moments ever was Magic Johnson, you know, playing in Orlando, uh, despite not playing a single game, being an All Star starter. That was what the fans wanted to see. He put on the show. It was a special moment. And, it was, uh, and it was one of my favorite moments as a as a Magic Johnson, uh, huge Magic Johnson fan growing up. So uh, I, I'm I'm grateful that that he had the opportunity to do that. Me personally, being uh, somebody who's like loves chaos, part of me was hoping that <laughs> the Nets wouldn't let Kyrie play and that the fans would vote for him. You know? <laughs> like because because it, it would have been it would have been great if like. The only game that Kyrie played this year was the All Star game in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It, it but alas, we didn't get that. So. It could have been Kyrie's second spite start. There was the year he was due up potentially for a Supermax contract in Cleveland. It came down to whether he's going to be voted an all-star starter. And I don't know how fans of, of the other Eastern Conference teams didn't really vote hard for Kyrie just to get that extra payroll on Cleveland's books, make things tougher for the Cavs. Uh, so Kyrie didn't get that money. Those fans didn't get it done. We really need to get better at these spite starts. And I'm going to overlook that you compared Andrew Wiggins to Magic Johnson with a straight face. Oh, no, Magic Johnson, no, no. an all-time I'm great not, getting I'm that not, moment. I'm not comparing them in any way. No, 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 no. I'm not I, comparing them. I'm okay with an all-time great uh, getting a fan-voted spot in the All-Star game. Andrew Wiggins, uh, and and I guess, so this, this leads into another issue I have, and I'm not sure uh, how I feel about this or not, but it was a weird situation where Rudy Gobert dominated the media vote. He, and because it's by, it's by rank, he yeah. ranked third in the media vote. He got too many votes. Uh, if some of those uh, Rudy Gobert voters had voted for somebody else and bumped Wiggins down, if like 10 go- of the Gobert's 65 voters, five voted for some random player and five voted for a different ra- random player, that would have bumped Wiggins out because they just go by rank and not by like how strongly uh, yeah, yeah. a group feels. I, I so think about that way, so yeah. it's, it's kind of I, – I feel like it's a – I don't know the, a great solution other than making the formula way more complicated, which is not great. Yeah. Uh, but it's not great that Rudy Gobert wasn't a starter because too many media members voted for him versus somebody else. Like if fewer yeah. voted for him, he would have started. I mean, could have started. But, but I also look at it this way too. This was a very fluky year in the, mm-hmm. in the West. You know, a lot of really good players um, who would have been voted in were injured. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, like you said, Anthony Davis. I mean, so a lot of these guys were hurt. And so I think that's what impacted the votes more than anything. But also, I'm, I'm of the belief that I would love to see – we talk about changes for the All-Star game. I would love to see the NBA go back to giving us the center position. Oh, I'm going to go the exact opposite. Nah, I'm, 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 all, I'm all for the way we draw it up on the, on the sheet. You know, if we're going to change it in the All-Star game, change it in the regular season. Don't, don't, have, don't have the five positions there if you're not going to recognize them in the All-Star game. So, you know, if, if every time you do a, a you know, your, your scorecard, or you, you know, you do your, you do your list of the starters, you put a guy at center, small forward, power forward, shooting guard, point guard. It's always like that. And sometimes you laugh at how these positions are set up. But if you're going to have centers right now playing at the level that they're playing, dominating at the level they're dominating, I mean, people will probably say the guy's having the two best seasons this year. Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic, what position do they play? They're both centers. If Jokic is already going to be the center, you need two, two forwards. Wiggins is going to be that guy, and that's and and for my for me, I, I was able to make that decision very quickly and, and easily without even blinking because it's like that's the way it should be anyway. We don't need to have two three centers, you know, in the starting lineup. We don't need to have anything weird like that. Gilbert Gobert is going to get his going to get his uh opportunity to play regardless. So here we go. Man, I'm, I'm glad I had you on for this podcast. It's a good discussion because I'm going the complete opposite way. Who is Milwaukee's? Who is Milwaukee's starting center? Does it matter? It thank you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you know, you put the best players out there, especially in an All Star game. I'd like it to be the exact same option every team has during the season. You want to start five centers, you're allowed to. You want to start five point guards, you're allowed to. And, of course, nobody's going to choose to do that. But I think that could be fun in an all-star game. It's about if we're going to play the game itself, you know, make it make this possibility. It can be fun to have these weird lineups out there. What position is Nikola Jokic? Is he the Nuggets starting center or is he their starting point guard? 
Don't know. Doesn't matter. He's a really good player, and that matters to me. Skill set, but he's yeah. Feet, so he's <laughs> okay. <laughs> you put him out there in the All Star game and make him the point guard because Joel Embiid is out there in the court with him, and Joel Embiid is going to be the starting center. And I think that's a, a fun dynamic to see how the teams would handle those weird matchups, and you get the best players in the game. You wouldn't have to pigeonhole one extra West front court player in there to give Andrew Wiggins a spot. I know we're picking Andrew Wiggins a lot. I don't mean to, but it, that exposed, I think, some flaws. It's just me picking on Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'd like to go no positions in, in terms of how they pick the starters. I mean, the DeMar DeRozan thing was so weird. He is clearly a forward for the Bulls. He, he really is. Yes. But he gets a... So why does he get to be in the starting lineup? And and that's not how we do positions now anyway, right? It, it's basically you got your your point guard, you got your wings, uh, and then you maybe have a big forward, maybe you have an additional wing, and then you have your, your center. Um, so the lineup, the two guards, the two forwards and centers, doesn't even match how most teams uh, do positions now. Anyway, I'd like to go no positions in the starters, no positions in the reserves. Uh, and what I'd really, really love to do is no, uh, if we're, especially if we're keeping the draft. I, I could get back to East versus West with you, but if we're going to keep the draft, I don't want it to be limited by conferences, right? Just give me uh, however many players we're naming. I'd like it to be 26 yeah. or 30. If you're going to eliminate, you know, the conferences when it comes to the game, just eliminate the conferences when it comes to who gets to make it. I mean, that, that I, I agree with you on that, and I, I realize they do that to try to appease a lot of the owners. In a, a right. Way. But Is this I, the I, moment? Is this the moment to fix it where the East and West kind of look similar? Uh, like the East is having a really strong year. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot, I, a lot I, of times, yeah. I feel like a lot of these fixes that the league has done, uh, you know, from eliminating center to changing East West, they're reactionary. Yes. Things that eventually are going to shift, you know? Yes. And, like, and that's why we're doing this podcast is because the way the all-star game was put together was in such haphazard ways over the years. You end up with this incredibly weird system, very ripe for fixes. Yeah. And, and so and that's sort of why, like, uh, when, like when they when they when they eliminate the center positions had three three forward I, I was like this is this is not good I mean because I mean, there was a stretch where there was like like Jamal and Malore making it whatever <laughs> like you're like oh okay I guess we got to have a big so here you go um, but I, I think that you know now we're at a stage where the center position is changing by the by the year and you but you also see these dominant players that are just having a huge impact and. Um, you know, and if, if they weren't as good as they were or weren't as popular as they were, they, they could be missing out. Like, Rudy Gobert is a phenomenal player, and he's having a great season again. He's probably the best defensive player, definitely the best. Def, I mean, he's defensive player of the year however many times. Um, but he's not popular. Plays for the Utah Jazz, so he's not going to be voted in, you know, because fans don't care to see, you know, a big dude blocking shots in the All-Star game. They want to see dudes dunking and shooting threes. So... Um, he, he misses out in that respect. Um, but it's just it's just sort of the way it is. But I, I think that if you at least make it where the choice is between him and Jokic, maybe he has a shot. But if, it, if it's a choice between him and LeBron, well, bye. And now it's not a choice with Andrew Wiggins, and he's getting he's losing to him. So Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but he still makes it. I don't think in the long run people care who starts, who comes off the bench. Yeah, yeah, they care I, whether I, you're an all-star. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that the players necessarily care that much either, unless there's like a clause in their contract that'll, that'll get paid money. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, so um, – but yeah, so so do do you have are all your are all your fixes related to to the setup, or do you have any fixes to the actual game itself? Uh, I really got nothing for the game itself, so I just want to finish up on the setup. I, you got something for the game itself? 
I got a, I got a couple things. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so I, I want to get rid of positions. I want to get rid of conferences. This maybe is the moment to to have Eastern Conference owners vote for because maybe they think they might come ahead and uh, come out ahead in the long run. Maybe at minimum, maybe we could do injury replacements. Don't have to be from the same conference because if it just happens to be that all four injured players are from the East, now we're in our fourth choice, and these which wouldn't be that bad this year, right? This year there were like six guys who are like equal from 10 to 16 in the pecking order. So it works out okay. But there could be years where you're really, really stretching. I, I feel like uh, who has not made the game yet? Jalen Brown hasn't made the game yet. Uh, Drew Holiday hasn't made the game yet. I think those are better choices. Pascal Siakam, uh, man. Siakam, too. Better choices than DeJounte Murray, all three of them. And, you know, Murray is an okay choice. But I, I would have rather had an extra East player in there this year, even though uh, the injury that uh, – the Draymond Greaves injury that DeJounte Murray got in was from the – was from the uh, West. And, and so I feel like owners could say, look, any year the injuries could go either way. Let's give Adam Silver the discretion. But but how about even one step further? It's such a weird process. All right, so the, the starters are chosen by 50% fan vote, 25% media vote, 25% player vote. The reserves are picked by the, the coaches within the conference, and then their injury replacements are picked by the commissioner. We have all these different delegations. How about, especially if we're just doing a draft, and it doesn't matter who's starting, who's coming off the bench. How about we just come up with one big formula where all those voices uh, get a vote? Maybe not the commissioner, but still the coaches get a vote, still players, still fans, still media. Everybody gets a vote. Uh, and then you just put it all together to say, all right, here are the top 12 players, 13 players, 15 players, if we're listening to all my suggestions in the conference. Oh, so, so you're saying just uh, just combine the coaches' vote with – Right. Oh, and then, and then, then you just have the top 12 – uh, results, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, yeah, and then you just pick from there. I think, and I think it makes it easier in that in that case uh, for for uh, Adam Silver. I mean, I know he does it off the results from the uh, the, the the fan uh, media and uh, player poll, but I, I think it, you're right. I, I agree with you. I think that'd be a good idea to, to put the coaches in there too um, and see where they vote and just, but but of course, give them their their anonymity in that in that regard yes and, th- and that gets to one other change i want i want to make do you do you vote do you have a vote for all-star starters um i have never well i haven't voted since uh i started working at the post in 2004 oh. uh, okay but yeah we we have a policy where we um cover no. the news we don't make the news yes we don't get involved with uh hall of fame votes all star mm-hmm. votes all nba any of that stuff so we we, we we stay out of that and then when i worked at uh yahoo um, we had the same uh, policy uh, that we weren't going to be involved with that because it puts you in a tough spot. You know, yes. I, I remember that when I when I worked in Atlanta, um, and I covered the Hawks back then. And whenever it came time to vote, I would have agents just calling me, you know, you know, saying, you know, my guy, you need to vote for my guy. This is look at the numbers and da 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 da. And you got all these people who are like angling. And, and who knows what's what's going on, you know, uh, behind the scenes to get a lot of these votes done. And so it, it made it easier for me whenever, you know, um, somebody's like, hey, you got to vote for All-Star or you got to vote for whatever. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it probably means I don't have as many conversations with agents. <laughs> but uh, but it, I, I think it, it does let the agent know that what my agenda is, uh, you know, is, is to just write, write what I see. And I can't be influenced in that, so that that I think it's, it's a good thing. So I don't know if you're going to like this idea or not. Uh, I think absolutely the media votes should be revealed. Uh, if you if you're going to vote, if you're going to choose to vote, and I understand the complications that come with that, but I think media should stand for transparency and openness. If we ask others to do the same, uh, the media votes should be revealed. 
I, I like it when it comes to all NBA. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I, I prefer I prefer the anonymity of it um, because I think that you know um, if we're if we're if we're gonna expose media, let's expose the players too. Because I'd be in favor of that, but I, 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 I no, I know, I know that, I know that they, they they may not participate if they are if you know who's voting for what. But but I but I, I but I also feel that you know um, you know a lot of journalists do put a lot of work in and making sure they get it right. You know, they call uh, coaches, they call scouts, they call people around the league, and they try to make sure that the, the, the what their choices that they make are made, you know, not just from what they think they see or what they think they hear, but actually, you know, getting the information from people who are around the game, watch the game, see what's happening. And I think that most most got, most of my colleagues go about it doing it the right way. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are blinded by, you know, um, the, the team they cover or whatever, and so there's, there's biases there. But I think for the most part, you know, most media members take, you know, take this uh, responsibility. They don't take it lightly, and they want to make sure they get it right. And so I, I don't know. I, I think that that should be enough uh, than to have them have it, have it listed like how they vote. Because I, because I, again, in that in that that sense. In a lot of ways, you wind up becoming the story when that's not necessarily what you want to be. Because I, I, I go back to uh, one of my uh, friends in business, uh, Gary Washburn, um, back in 2000. Um, to 13, when Le- I think LeBron was going to win the unanimous MVP. And right. He got he missed it by one vote. And, um, and so Gary was the one guy who didn't vote for LeBron. He voted for Carmelo. And, and he explained it. And I sort of understood where he was coming from. He didn't realize that he'd be the only guy to do it, but all of a sudden he becomes a story, and people think that he's anti-LeBron. Well, really, he was just he was just saying Carmelo just led this team to his first division t- championship in what 19 years or something, which was a, which was a huge accomplishment for the Knicks. <laughs> um, but obviously, LeBron had you know an incredible season, like his best season in my opinion. Um, but. I could understand the justification for that vote. And, and Gary's a, a sincere guy. He, he made the decision not because of one way or thing or another. He, he measured everybody, looked at what Carmelo, his value was, not having another, you know, all-star teammate, you know, what he was able to do with that with that group. And and, when in the, and I, I I could understand the thought process there without him even explaining it to me. Um and I think that a lot of times when you have a situation where you might be the one off-ball reporter out there who's, who's gone against the grain, um, people sometimes try to shame you. And, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I thought Gary's vote for Carmelo was bonkers, but I appreciated so much him explaining it. Uh, I, you know, knowing him, I have no doubt that it was legitimately who we thought deserved MVP. That's fine. We don't have to agree on who wins NBA MVP. It's not that important. I think he went about it completely the right way. And I'm glad it was out there. And I'm glad there was a transparency. And, uh, you know, people coming at him, you know, is not great. But I, I do think the media, for what we should stand for, owes it to people to be transparent, which he was, right? He was, I, I can't, and that was before the votes were public. Like, he could have just hit him. He yeah, didn't he, have to he, come he out. He could have stayed in the dark for the rest of his career and nobody would have known. Right. And so I think he handled the right way. And I think uh, just by rule, those should come out. Um, but all right. So I think we've covered the process of how we're picking all stars. I kind of like how the game mostly is now, but I think you've got some tweaks. What, what do you think for once the game actually gets well, I, going? I, I, I'll say this again. Um, 
I'm, 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 I do everything based on the fact that I wish we could go back to the old way. But <laughs> what we have now, the Elam, the Elam ending is fine. Donate the money to charity is fine. You know, um, and so I, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, if this is how it's going to be set up, I'm not going to raise a ruckus. I don't, I don't necessarily think that these changes were necessary. I just think that what, what needed to change was the attitude of the star players. That, that needed to be the first mm-hmm. thing to change when it came to All Star. You know, this is not something that's meant to be punishment. This is a reward for being a great player. We, we're giving you a chance to showcase your talents to the world. And I think that that, that I guess for me growing up, I always, that's how I looked at All Star. Like, this is a great moment, and, but, and now it's a burden. But anyway, so let's get to the game itself. I think that one thing that can help with the competition that the players don't really care. <laughs> the issue with the effort in, in a lot of these games uh, is that they don't really care. Let's just go crazy. Let's do silly stuff because the game itself is ridiculous and silly anyway. So let's do some silly stuff instead of you know giving the money to the winning team. You know, giving giving the money to the winning team. How about we provide financial incentives for certain plays? Ooh, like I don't know what the money the numbers will be. But let's say you get paid or you, or you get the get money donated to charity if you block a shot. Ooh. <laughs> if you take a charge. Ooh. Okay. See, I thought you were going to come in with, oh, if you dunk, if you shoot a half-court well, I'm, shot. I'm going to get that too. Oh, but no, these are better. These are better. This is what I'm starting out with. If you get a steal. So if you get these things, uh, you get money to donate to the charity of your choice. And Based on if you get a block and a charge or a block and a steal, the money increases based on however much you've done. Ooh. So now you got guys who are incentivized to play defense in a game that people say they don't play defense, they don't care. So provide incentives for those kind of plays. And then also I say the last two minutes of each half, you have four pointers. Ooh. Where you have a four-point line. I mean, it, this is just we just having fun now. We just I like these. These are, they can do this. So, so you have a four-point line, and then you know if you if you're down ten or whatever, you know uh, getting close to the end of half, you just have Steph Curry just start launch, launching from half court, and you and you get a four-pointer, or or Damian Lillard or whoever else is in the game and going going forward in the future. So now you just got guys just it's having fun. So, you know you you incentivize them to play defense. And then you just do a bunch of silly things throughout the course of the game because what it's just it's just it's a meaningless game to begin with. There's not there's no stakes really, you know, I me mean, other than like donate money to charity. But if you if you're gonna do this and you're just gonna have a game that is just about fun and not it's about you know frivolity, then just be frivolous. Let's just do silly things and just have fun with it. But also know that these incentives are coming to to increase the quality of the game because if guys know that if I'm out here blocking shots and getting steals, and I'm raising money for my charity, then all of a sudden you you, you got the All-Star Game MVP award, you know, for the guy who has the best game. But then you got the guy who gets the most money, raise money for charity because he played D. I love it. I think they should do it. I never even consider anything like this. I think that is fantastic. I love it. That, that would improve the, the level of play in an entertaining way. Because in a normal game, I'd say, yeah, there's some, some wrong incentives there. Because guys are going to gamble for steals. They're going to gamble for blocks. They're going to get out of position defensively. They're going to try and block a shot and not be there for the rebound. An all-star game, that's good, right? You want somebody yes. to take a gamble, try for the exciting play. If they don't get it, 
it allows the offense to make an exciting play, right? You want the, those stakes. That that's exactly how you want the All Star game to be. Yeah, and, and another thing too is that if you're getting these steals and you're getting these blocks, on the other end, the guys gonna get breakaway dunks. Yep, so you, you're getting the show even with the D. You know, and I think I think that the thing that has been frustrating for fans of, of the All Star game and fans of the NBA for for years when it came to this game is that. The, the effort was so half half tailed that you know guys are just driving down the lane and you know it's like okay you've already had ten dunks all right all right enough already like somebody gonna step up and like try to at least contest it like do you have any pride fellas like I know you want to be safe and no one gets hurt no that's good and I, I no one nobody wants to get hurt but you can still compete you know without like. You know, just being all reckless, you know, Ron Artest clotheslining people or whatever. <laughs> like, you can you can still go out there and play hard without, uh, you know, putting your your body at risk. I think. You have anything else for the game itself? I mean, you've blown me away. That, I love that. That that was that was the one that that stood out. That those are the, those are the one. I, I I was just thinking of just you know having the incentives for certain defensive plays, and then just ending the half with just. It's kind of some sort of silliness, you know, because I, I honestly I, I feel like the way things are set up now, it, it's it's fine. It's it's OK. It, it, it'll it'll keep people watching and it'll make sure you stick around to the end with the whole Elam ending because people want to see if you can come back and close the gap or whatever. So there's a little intrigue with that. So that that's OK. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't in favor of it when it first happened the first year. It turned out to turn out pretty well. The last year was pretty good, too. So. Um, it, it, it's it's okay if that's if that's how they want to play it, but I, I think there are ways you can do it and just really just go crazy with it and, and try to give uh, the fans a, a really good show. Because I, I think now, especially when you have guys who have half court range and mm-hmm. guys who pull up from the logo, I mean Trey Young, you know he's going to like go crazy if they have a four point shot, and so even a Luca would too. So um, I just I just think it'd be fun if you just add different things to the game and just do just crazy stupid stuff because um people want to be entertained and you have an opportunity to do it and maybe we'll even like the four point line so much we want to put in the regular season i came all the way around on the elam ending i i want that in every game now i love it i think it it works (laughs) i I want to say i'm for i'm serious regular season playoffs i love it and maybe i'd feel the same way about a four point play i know i don't right now but if i saw it in the all-star game in the the final minutes i have yeah maybe i changed my mind uh we've talked a long time we haven't mentioned the dunk contest yet, which everybody uh, goes back and forth between loving and hating. It seems like we could do something better. And here is my one solution for the dunk contest. Do you know how dunk contest dunks are judged? It sounds so stupid when you say it out loud. They're judged on a 6 to 10 scale. It's so stupid. And the problem is somebody will see a really cool dunk, one of the judges, and give it a 10. Well, then there's a better dunk after that. So what do you do? And you're stuck giving too many 10s and basically it comes down to whatever judge refused to give a 10 for a while, but maybe he was too stubborn or she was too stubborn to give a 10 uh, initially. And the judging is what's screwed up. And so here's the simple solution. However you want to do this, there are a million ways you could do it. The dunks need to be judged relative to each other. You don't watch a dunk and then score it. You watch two dunks or all the dunks in a round or however you want to do it and say, this one was better than that one was better than that one was better than that one. And then the players win or advance or again, however, but the dunks need to be judged relative to each other. Hmm. I think it's tough because, uh, you know, in the moment, you know, you get kind of blown away by different dunks. And I think that, uh, you know, through the history of the dunk contest, there's always been, you know, it's been, it basically comes down to the judges, 
you know, and like, are they willing to give up tens? You know, will there be a Dr. J there sitting there just eating <laughs> on dudes? <laughs> like, I dunked from the free throw line, and that ain't that ain't it, partner. Like, here's a it's an eight. You know, like <laughs> that's as good as you're gonna get. Um, so I, I think that a lot of it, um, you know, just comes down to like what happens in the moment and what how we're moved. You know, I think that. Um, if you move to a 10 and give them a 10, like I don't, I, it's tough to say. But then what if somebody does a better dunk after that? Give them a 10, you know, put, and put, I, I, I mean, cause, cause, cause the, thing is, the thing is that you, you see these dunks in this moment and you're like, wow, this is incredible. So, so get caught up in it, get caught up in the emotion of it and, and hand out the 10 if that's what you see. And, and if you don't, if you don't see the 10, then don't, don't hand it out, you know? Um, I mean, but not all 10s are the same. I know that, yeah, and that's that's the problem. Yeah, no, I mean, isn't uh, Aaron Gordon Mister Fifty, right? You know, <laughs> ne- never won a uh, never won a dunk contest, but has like the record for most fifties or something uh, crazy like that. Um, I mean, not not that he, he probably should have won one of those dunk contests, but uh, that's that's another discussion. Yeah, um, he came out ahead. He, he's much better off people talking about him like this. Man, he should have won one. He that's so true. Much more that's credit true. for that. That's than true. He, he goes down a legend in that in that regard. Yeah. And he, uh, I still think he got robbed the last time. He, he should have won that one. But uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Levine, I'm gonna give it up. He, he that was yeah. another classic one, and and uh, and I give him props for for putting on the show that year. Um, but I, I don't know. I I think that the judging is is not really the issue I have with the All Star uh, Slam Dunk Contest. He is just. Um, I, I just, it, it's tough to be, it's, the creativity is, is hard now because it feels like after, you know, 40 some odd years, we've seen almost every dunk. So when somebody does something new and exciting, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. Uh, but if we, if they do stuff that we've seen before, um, you know, you know, you're like, ah, you know, so-and-so did that in 2013, you know, um, mm-hmm. what, what, what the get, what the dunk contest really needs is, is a level of star power. Mm-hmm. that's lacking and and, uh, and that that's really what it comes down to because even if um it's a dunk you've seen before if it's delivered by someone that you haven't seen do that that makes it special and so um like you know mj you know 188 you know he had dunked from the free throw line before and i still think not dominique won that one but <laughs> the fact that it was mj doing it that's that leads to the iconic posters that leads to all the images that that stay with you, uh, you know, generations later because it was MJ. Um, you know, not, nothing against, you know, any of the other guys that they were competing against during that time. Um, but if they somehow wind up winning the slam dunk contest, we're not talking about them 30 years later. We forget about D Brown. Like, we know he's mm-hmm. in the Reebok pump, but, I mean, I'm bringing him up. I didn't forget about him, but whatever. Most people don't know who he is, you know, that he won the slam dunk contest. So, well, that's um, that. That's what's cool to me about the dunk contest is you have that mix. You have, at least used to have, the superstars who'd win it, and that was special. But you'd also yeah, but have, you don't guys, have any, you don't have any right, superstars that right. you can knock off. You know, right? You need the mix of a D Brown making a name for himself in the dunk contest. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't remember D Brown if it weren't for the dunk contest. Not that he didn't do anything else, but he wouldn't be remembered the same way. That's true. You're right. Do you have, do you have a good way to get stars into the dunk contest? Players were so opposed to being forced to, like in the collective bargaining agreement. The, the dunk contest is mentioned different than the other All-Star Saturday Night stuff. Uh, the other events, the league can require you to participate. The league cannot, by by the CBA, they negotiate this in. They, they can't require players to be in the dunk contest. Do you have a good way to incentivize them? Or is this just wishing and hoping that stars wanted to do it more? It, yeah, you got to make it cool again. I don't know how to do that. 
Yeah. Um, but you got to make it something that guys want to do. I think once LeBron was like, he'll never do it. I think mm-hmm. guys were like, well, if he ain't gonna do it, I, why do I need to do it? You know? Yeah. Um, and and and, I, I, and then you look at some of the guys who won the the title, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, well, I guess it's not that prestigious an honor to be the slam dunk. <laughs> And, and, I, and I know a lot of guys don't want to be necessarily be pigeonholed or, or viewed as just dunkers. You know, they want to be seen as complete basketball players. So in some ways it, it can it can diminish you. But I always go back to, um, you know, like the 2011 slam dunk contest. Or the 2000, yeah, 2011 slam dunk contest is one Blake Griffin won. Um, it was a robbery, okay? Because he wasn't even – I don't think he was the third best dunker. <laughs> he may have been third. Was this the one with JaVale? This is the one with JaVale McGee. Oh, yeah, it's so much better. JaVale McGee's dunks were, like, the most incredible dunks I've seen anybody pull off. Yeah. And he he did, like, a historic number of dunks. Like, and lost to a guy who jumped over a car, barely kind of, sort of, jumped over yeah, a car. They couldn't eliminate Blake before they brought the car out. Yeah, they had the car. They had it all set up, so it looked rigged. And, and I, I remember I was covering the Wizards at the time, and after the afterward, you know, I asked JaVale, I was like, man, I said, is there anything you think you could have done differently to win this? And he was like, jump over a plane? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and he said it's a joke, but I honestly think after what he pulled off in that, he probably could have jumped over a plane with the stuff he was pulling off. Um, But, you know, I think that when you had, like, DeMar DeRozan had, I think he had probably – one of the top two or three dunks in the entire competition in that. he Go back and look at that dunk contest. DeMar DeRozan had brought some funk for that competition, and he just got just the lowest scores. And so I think – and he and he, he hasn't gone he, – he never went back to another dunk competition. And I think one of the reasons why he just felt it was sort of rigged, it was sort of set up for Blake to win it because they just wanted to promote him and make him a star. But um, I think if there is some level of star – making star creating that comes from winning the slam dunk contest if you're guaranteed you know a commercial from your shoe you know, <laughs> company you know like you know like something to like i, I think well the big stars already have commercials right yeah but yeah but they they don't do you don't you don't see commercials like you used to see them right i know I, well, I we all we all fought fast forward on our on comcast remotes uh, we don't yeah. see commercials at all but but i, I think if, if you can sort of get you know the shoe companies on board with it if you get the shoe companies on board to where they can promote their 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 product and their clients, you know, mm-hmm. in these competitions, you know, sort of give them the incentive of saying, okay, we will build a campaign around your dunk contest win. And yeah, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that as a league, but I, I do feel like if if the shoe companies got involved, if Nike got involved, and you know, you know, if you if you win a slam dunk contest, you know, um, we'll do a commercial that sort of features you what you've done or you. Or you're, you know, you're guaranteed a signature shoe, not necessarily a signature shoe, but just like a player edition shoe, you know, not the signature shoe, but it's up like you get a player edition shoe that'll be promoted, you know, um, after after the game. You know, I think that, that those are things that, you know, that could be done to sort of sort of get maybe maybe not the established stars in it, but some of the upper come up and comers, you know, in there, um, you know, like. It would be great if you say got like John Morant in there, <laughs> um, yeah. like if Nike could somehow like coerce him to do it. Um, but I, I honestly think you need to either have some sort of financial incentive from the shoe the shoe um, companies um, to to say okay, if you win the slam dunk contest, you know you can 
earn this much money. And I think if you do that, then you might get some of the top players involved. Do you have anything else for All-Star Saturday night? I mean, to me, the skills challenge is always kind of blah. I'm interested to see how it works with these, you know, teams. I know when they did teams for the dunk contest, it was a disaster. Uh, like, who cares what team that wants? That might have been the worst dunk contest ever. At least these teams for the skills challenge. Number one, you're fixing an event that stinks, unlike the dunk contest, which can be very good. And these teams, like, make some sense. You got the Andacupo brothers, and you got the, the Cavaliers players. Like, they're, they're together. The dunk contest teams were just like, hey, here's a few guys on one team. Here's a few guys on another team. Um, is there anything else for All-Star Saturday night that you want to change? No, I, I think they've done it right by making a three-point contest the marquee event because mm-hmm. – that is the dunk of the this generation. It's the shot that that moves the crowd. It's what everybody wants to see. Wait, you you think the three point contest has has become the marquee event? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I still I think it's still the dunk contest. I don't because the three point contest is getting stars. That's true. The best players are in it, and and again, you care because of who's in it, not hmm. because of what it is. You know, if if you got really elite all-star players competing against each other. If you got Steph, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have to do it anymore, but if Steph Curry is in the, in the three point competition and he's put on this, this thrilling show with Joe Harris or whatever, you want to watch like, you oh man, look at these dudes. Oh man, they hitting these shots. And that is fun. That's entertaining. I think the three point shot has surpassed the dunk contest as the marquee event. It's the one people care about because of who's in the competition. I mean, look, look at it now. What, what competition is Zach Levine choosing to participate in? True, true. I mean, yeah. he, he's and mainly because he wants to show everybody he's more than a dunker. You know, obviously, the dunk contest, you know, helped him make a name for himself, and he's worked hard on his game. He's become an all-star caliber talent now, but he's not dunking anymore. He's three-point contesting it, you know, because he wants to show that he can do that, and people want to watch Zach Levine. And so um, I think that's, that's sort of where we are now, and, that, and I don't have an issue with that because I think that the game has progressed to the point where, um, you know, the interest in, in the three point shot, you know, that that's, that's higher than it's ever been. And that, that is the defining shot of this era. So sure. make, make it, make it, make it the, uh, the marquee event. Cause that's, I mean, even if you didn't, it's going to be that because of who's choosing to compete in it. The other reason it, it can be the marquee event is because it's so well designed. Uh, you know, I got, yeah. I got nothing to change for it. it. It flows perfectly and it's easier to do with a three point contest. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm not thinking about that. I, I was just just thinking about you know the All Star game, and um, and so you could, you know, I was talking about the four point shot. Like you, you could you could do something like in the uh, you know where you have like a rack like you have a special All Star ball where where the where the shots are worth more. Well, they do that now, right? They do the longer yeah, they shots. Yeah, they do that in three point contests. I'm saying yeah. have 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 that that three point shot ball in the All Star game. What what a shot to work more? Oh, oh, like when it comes out the final minutes, the ball changes too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, the the other change I'd make, uh, going back to Sunday, Saturday, not a Friday when they have the Rising Stars game. Mm-hmm. I want to be I want it to be only rookies. Uh, get rid of the sophomores, and this is not the right year to make the case because the schedule's been so interrupted. There's been so yeah. much going on. Uh, but I see Lamelo Ball all the time. He's really fun to watch. Uh, but I see him all the time. He's a starter on his NBA team now. He's he's an all-star. He's filling a prominent role. I want to see more rookies. I want to see Jonathan Kaminga. I don't get to see him enough. Oh, I don't know what – it's, it's, it's tantalizing what I see. So make it all rookies. And you if you do that, I don't really care how you split up the teams. But my number one idea 
it should be the top 10 draft picks versus the next 10 best rookies. And so, yeah, if you're a bust, you're still going to make it because you haven't proven to be a bust just a few months into your, your rookie year. This could be your chance. Uh, and then you get like those older vet rookies who come from Europe or, or were playing in the minor leagues or whatever. They're going to be on the rest team. Anybody who's exceeding expectations on the rest team. You don't tell me the guys drafted outside the top 10 aren't going to be licking their chops to play the top 10 picks. All rookies, top 10 versus the next best players. Uh, the top 10 draft picks versus the next best players. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see rookie sophomore again. Oh, uh, but I, the sophomores I, just crush them every time. They're too good. The difference between first and second year players in the NBA is just too great. Yeah, but I, I, for for some reason, I, I feel like those games have always been they when it, when it was in that format, it, it it felt better to me. I I enjoy watching those competitions. You, you remember it was originally all rookies, and they switched to that. But in two thousand by two thousand one, your magical year, it was rookie sophomore. I'm telling you, man, go back to two thousand one, dude. I'm <laughs> I, I mean. If you have a, a, a Super Bowl halftime show, you know, from 2001, <laughs> let's, just, let's just go all the way back and, and have, a, have a game from that era, too. So um, I, I, I think that uh, I, I'm in favor of the, of the rookie sophomore situation. Because, I mean, um, may, may, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you do it where you have, um, you know, you, just, you, you can mix the talent up again like you have in the past. But, like East-West rookies yeah, and sophomores? Well, um, I, I like I like rookie sophomores. I like that I like that matchup. But if not, you, you can mix it up like you do now with with the team team. What, grant. I mean, they're doing that this year with with the draft, the four team tournament. Um, I'm kind of open minded on that. That could be cool. What do you, What do you think about? What well, doing? I think I think that I was when I first saw it. I was like, man, the NBA keeps tinkering. Stop tinkering. Let's just let let the game happen the way it was. But then I realized there aren't enough international players right. in the USA versus the world now. So you got to figure that out. But then also, there's an opportunity for the league. To promote the G League as an alternative to the NCAA, so it's a business thing situation now. That's how I look at it. Like one, you don't have enough international prospects, and two, you have an opportunity to promote your product to the world on the, on that All Star Weekend. So you having the G League Ignite guys competing in the rookie in the Rising Star game. So if you're a high school elite high school talent and you're thinking about where am I going to wind up playing the next level. You're like, oh snap! I can play in that game against <laughs> the the guys who are currently in the NBA. Show everybody what I can do against them. That could raise, elevate my stock because people are gonna remember that I, I balled out mm-hmm. against you know, um, you know whoever you know is, is going to be in that game. So I, I I think the format is fine, you know, considering the circumstances. But I also think it's it's a good marketing um deal for the nba to promote what's happening with the g league ignite so yeah so my version i i'll put the ignite guys on that team competing against the top 10 picks um you can ah. throw them in there too and so they're fired up so we, we can maybe compromise on that is there is there uh any other all-star changes you want to bring up um no i, I think that the league has done a lot in terms of giving guys their, their, their space and their time uh to kind of you know relax you know um during that period you know because i remember they come back and play like on like the tuesday after (laughs) after the all-star game like that's just me you know like you had these guys do all these things uh you know that weekend and then they got to go back to their season right after that so i think they're just giving them the break an actual break and letting them sort of 
uh, get, re- get refocused for either a postseason chase or a draft pick chase. <laughs> uh, um, I think that 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 I think it's it set up just fine. I got one more. Okay, warm locations only. Why is the All Star Game in Cleveland? Oh my God! In yes, Chicago, yes, yes. Uh, coming up in Salt Lake City. We've been in Indianapolis the year before, and I, I originally thought like, oh, this is like media complaining. I didn't want to bring it up, but there are a lot of people who go to All Star Break too for like the parties, the enjoyment, the experience for to go to the game or not. Uh, let everybody go to a warm weather city. I live in Detroit. I love Detroit. I'm defensive Detroit. I like it when people bash Detroit. February is not the right time to show off a city like this. Yeah. Um, you know, a few years ago, I did a piece on um, on All Star um, on some fixes to the All Star, and one thing that I suggested that um, that I think that uh, probably should happen is uh, well, I mentioned the war. I mean, I, I, one of the things I said was let's just rotate the warm climates. You know, I agree with you on that because um, I think about the. Um, NFL, they get it right with the Super Bowl because it's always going to be in a warm weather city in the destination people want to go to. So I'm totally with you on that. Like, there's no need to just have this game in Salt Lake City and you know, play in February. Like, let's let's go to LA, let's go to Miami, let's go to you know Texas. Let's 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 we got some cool cities in the in warm weather. Let's just let's just take advantage of that and just use those arenas and just hope that the city can can handle it. I mean, New Orleans is great for hosting you know these type of events. So. That was one of the things I suggested. Was just make sure you know you just rotate from L.A., Houston, New Orleans, Phoenix, Orlando, and Miami, and just just keep it going, keep it going. Because um, I, I remember they had it in Dallas, uh, <laughs> and it snowed. <laughs> but uh, well, if that yeah. happens in Dallas, I, I feel yeah, like you, got, but, you but can I, take I, a chance with Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I, I agree with you. But there there is one thing I, I forgot that well, there's one change that I, I think would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you have a player or players who believe they got snubbed with a chance to vie for the last all-star spot. Mm. And it'll, how, how, it, and how, it'll, it'll create 13 active players. Well, that's how you get the last spot. So how, yeah. how, how do they vie for it? Well, um, you know, so what you, what you do is like, um, Anybody who's who's snubbed uh, gets a chance to, to go to go to wherever the All Star City is and just play a round robin tournament, one on one, a one on one tournament, mm. where you know, say like the the like whoever feels like he got snubbed and like had a legit case or whatever. Well, there's got to be a line somewhere. Well, three, three. So, say say you got three three snubs. Okay. You got three snubs who, who wind up going to the city. You can't let Patrick Beverly be like, I should have been an all-star. Yeah, 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 I'm no, showing no. up, and I'm crashing to your knees it's in this table one-on-one. It's got to be somebody who, who wound up among the three, you know, leftover spots. Okay. You know, whatever, like, whatever, the however, however the numbers show up and uh-huh. the top players, whoever, you know, didn't make it off of that, you know, you take three or four guys, you take them, and they just, they have a king of the hill contest for the 13th roster spot. Mm. I like that. That'd be and, fun. And, and you watch it. Yeah, but you 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 have it on All Star Saturday Night. But some of those guys are going to have to go to to Cleveland or wherever. They, if it's in a warm weather city, maybe they'd be okay with it. You're going to have to go there and not even be an All Star. Some of them. 
Yeah, but you also get a tough sell. But you do get to experience All Star Weekend, and you and you become a participant in uh, either either the Friday night. You could you could better yet do that instead of the stupid celebrity game, like just <laughs> <laughs> that nobody cares about. Have it have that on Friday night, and 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 if and if you get eliminated that Friday, uh, then you just go home or go to Cancun wherever you want to go, and the guy who's left gets to show up, go to practice on Saturday, and get get the experience the whole weekend. All right, let's combine it. Let's combine the celebrity game in this. You get two guys. And so one guy has one celebrity team, one guy has the other celebrity team. And you, look at you have two guys playing for real in the middle of the celebrity game. <laughs> and the celebrity team winner, that NBA player gets to go. <laughs> nah, the, I don't want to touch that celebrity game. Please leave it, leave, leave, me, leave, it, leave it alone. I don't want to touch it. All right, now I think if we've gotten to the celebrity game, we have covered every topic around All-Star. <laughs> we have completely fixed it. Uh, thoroughly from top to bottom, from Friday night to Saturday to Sunday. Michael, thanks a ton for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's fun.